death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist Woolless Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. <laughs> Here we go. That's right, I was, was making a pass, a football pass. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Yes, I am laughing. We should laugh a little bit more. It's all very serious, but it's always good to have a bit of laughter as you go down screaming. If you want to know what Anarchy is all about, Anarchist Society is a voluntary non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures which are based on equal decision-making power. It's direct democracy. It's a society where wealth is held in common and used for the common good. And you're thinking to yourself, uh, 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 very simple. Anarchos without rulers. How do you create a society without rulers? You devolve power, you share wealth. It's inequalities in power and wealth which give us the world we have today. So if you're involved in the struggle to devolve power and improve people's lives, not just your life, but people's lives, well then, you are, you may not know it, a closet anarchist, so it's time you came out. All right. Now, a few things. First of all, I'd like to thank all those people who involved themselves in Peter Norman Week from the 9th of October to the 16th of October. We had a highly successful summit, Human Rights Summit. I will stand with you to mark the 50th anniversary of the Human Rights Salute at the Mexico Olympics on the 16th of October, 1968. Great summit, great speakers great participants but most importantly of all great concept that we hold it in our hands we have the ability to determine what type of society we have and we can stand up when we see that people have been pushed around oppressed treated unfairly we can walk away put our heads in the paper surf the net we can actually stand up put our hands around people and say, I will stand with you. Simple thing, human thing, it should be something that we should all do. A little bit like when you put out your hand to somebody and shake their hands or slap their hands, whatever you do, we should have that same goal. Now, in mid-December, we'll be making a special announcement regarding a campaign which we'll launch where you can share your Peter Norman moment. All right, let's move on. Fascinating week. Fascinating week. Dumb and dumber. Dumb and dumber. Now, I thought that the most stupid thing the Liberal Party's actually done 
in the last few years is tear itself apart a few months ago or a few weeks ago regarding social, around social issues. And we know it's a divided party. But what I've seen in the last week pales into insignificance and it makes our, makes our mates, the guys from Dumb and Dumber, which I've never seen, seem like intellectual giants. Intellectual giants. Now, let's not forget, let's not forget, there is the Wentworth by-election on this weekend in good old Sydney town. The sin of, you know... The great city of Sydney, good old Wentworth there on the North Shore, they're having a little federal election because Mr Turnbull spat the dummy when he was kicked out the door by his so-called colleagues. And there's a little bit of a tussle there. An independent candidate, Dr Phelps, who's got a reasonably good public profile, is giving Mr Sharma, the Liberal Party candidate, a little bit of a push to the finishing line and obviously these people do their internal polling they are all about internal polling they know what the electorate is thinking and feeling and as there's been you know they're a little bit concerned so some really smart intelligent person or a few of them in the liberal party you know the federal liberal party I'd, I'd hate to tarnish the reputation of the state Liberal Party of New South Wales by comparing them to the federal Liberal Party because obviously they don't have much of a reputation for it. Aha! Aha! This is me getting a you know a brainstorm. Aha! Aha! And they thought, ooh, this is a significant Jewish population in Wentworth. What will we do? Why don't we consider? setting up the Australian Embassy in Jerusalem. Now, I'm stupid, you know that. That's why I broadcast every week on the Anarchist World this week. Joseph Toscano is stupid. But I'm not as stupid as these people. Come on. Dr Phelps is Jewish. Mr Sharma is Jewish. Not all Australians are racists. Not all Jewish people are Zionists. And here we have this little thought bubble with no thought about the wider geopolitical consequences. I mean, we're not the United States of America, headed by a buffoon. We're the divided states of uh, Australia, headed by a a man who's really lacks charisma, doesn't he? Not that charisma matters that much. So, you know, think about it. Own goal. Shoot themselves in the foot. Extraordinary. And then what I loved about this was the you know, the usual the usual garbage that you hear. Jerusalem is the capital of the state of Israel. And it's been there for two and a half, two thousand, well, four thousand years, whatever. Well, when I hear that one, I usually start packing my bags. 
Because although Jerusalem may have been the state of Israel, a capital state of Israel, two thousand years ago, it's not the natural capital in two thousand and eighteen. And you know why I pack my bags? Because I start feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Because I'm living on Aboriginal land and a Torres Strait Islander land. And if they followed the same dictates, we'd be out in our ass, wouldn't we? Extraordinary. But that's the first own goal. Now, the second one's even better. Even better. Now, you know that our senators are really, 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 really intelligent people because they make the laws of the land. You know that. I know that. They make the laws of the land. Therefore, you would think they would have one synapsing neurons. There'd be one neuron synapsing among the 23 Liberal and National Party senators in federal parliament. Well, you would hope so. They make the laws. They're the ones who make the laws that, you know, allow children and adults to rot on Manus Island and Nauru. They make those laws. They make those laws which strip you of all your inalienable human rights because we have no constitutional protection for human rights in Australia. They make those laws. They make laws which make strikes virtually illegal in this country outside an enterprise bargaining agreement, period. And even then, the Fair Work Commissioner can rub it all out. They make the laws. These are intelligent people whose actions have profound implications on each and all of us. So when one nation under the tutelage and leadership of Pauline Hanson puts in a little you know, little motion in federal parliament that it's okay to be white you would think that one senator one staffer would know that this is the slogan of the ultra-right, the neo-Nazis. This is their slogan. It's okay to be white. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Not only did they vote for it, every single one, obviously nobody read the legislation, had any brain in their head, well, that one synapsing neuron must have uh, temporarily malfunctioned. But then they tweeted about it. All these cabinet ministers tweeted about how wonderful it was that they'd nearly passed that legislation in the Senate, aided and abetted by their mates on the crossbenches. That pack of rabbles, that rabble. You know? <laughs> I'm not making this up. And then, when somebody realises, well, what's happened, we're saying, oh, it was a mistake. It was an administrative error. 
We'll take it back to Parliament and change that legislation. We'll vote against it this time. An administrative error. No, it wasn't an administrative error. It shows us the bl- shows us the black heart of the Liberal National Party in 2018 at the federal level. It shows us their lack of empathy and lack of understanding that they are here to rule for all of us, not just their misogynist, racist mates who think that they and only they have all the answers. Dumb and dumber. I couldn't write this script. Even if I dreamt it, I wouldn't believe that we see these two issues crop up over the last few days. And to make it worse, it's okay to be white a moment occurred one day before the 50th anniversary of the human rights salute at the Mexico Olympics on the 16th of October in 1968 when Peter Norman, an Australian, stood up and said, I will stand with you. He stood up. Isn't it about time these people stood up and took responsibility for their pathetic, pathetic situation they've created in this country where they have made racism, the colour of a person's skin, the primary election issue because they have nothing else, nothing else to offer Australian society. Let's just hope they get what they deserve in the Wentworth by-election and Karen, Dr Karen Phelps snatches victory from the Liberal Party candidate, Mr Sharma, and we have a hung parliament. Yep, it sounds deliciously good. Not that Mr Morrison would want to go to an early election because the poor bloke doesn't really know who his friends are. It's a little bit like going to a party, you know. All your friends are there, but half of them think that you're Julius Caesar and it's about time they knifed you in the back. This is the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Normally, I normally don't bother with this garbage, but it has reached such a level. It is important to expose the intellectual, the emotional bankruptcy of the current, not just the government, but the members of parliament who make up this government where not one coalition senator said, hang on, this is a, this is a bit, this isn't unusual. We've been led into a little trap. But no, you know, they weren't led into a trap. They loved it. They supported it to a man and a woman. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name's Jeff Roscoe. I'm hosting today's program. Now, another one. You've really... You know, I don't do much international politics in the anarchist world this week because, you know, let's be realistic. I'm not going to have an impact and neither are you going to have an impact on what happens in the big wide world. We may have a little impact in what happens in our own backyard, but in the big wide world, 
But sometimes things are just so extraordinary. We really have to look at them. Now, this is what horror movies are made of. This is a horror movie in slow motion. And I'll go through it step by step. Now, a well-known Saudi dissident, a reporter for the Washington, you know, the prestigious Washington Post, a resident of the United States of America, finds himself in Turkey and he wants to get married to his beloved. Good plot so far, you know, nothing unusual about this plot, okay? So the lad needs to get some paperwork done. So he goes into the Saudi Arabian consulate in Ankara, in Turkey, okay? He goes into the consulate, trying to sort out this paperwork. Now, the night before, his little mate, the crown prince, Mohammed the butcher, right, had organised... The two plane loads, 15 in all, two little private jets to disgorge 15 men into the consulate in Ankara. Sounds like they're going to have a party, doesn't it? Sounds like it's going to be a knees-up Mother Brown. Well, this poor bloke, you know, knocks on the door, comes in, and before he knows it, he's the centre of attention. And he gets killed, most likely strangled to death or bashed to bits. But don't despair. Don't despair. The Saudi royal, in inverted commas, the Saudi royal butchers had it all planned. On the planes were two forensic pathologists who specialised in cutting up bodies. So they moved the body from the consulate to the consul general's place and they bleed the body and cut it up into little pieces. Then they put it in diplomatic bags and take it back to the kingdom. Now, could I could I write this plot? If I wrote this plot, you would think I'm a total nutter. Well, this is what happened. These are people who believe they're there by divine authority. This is a feudal monarchy. This is the United States and Australia's major ally, apart from Israel, in the Middle East. So while Mr Trump, you know, carries on about, ooh, ooh, rogue killers. There's these rogue assassins wandering the universe. Maybe they come from Mars or maybe further out, right? The Saudis say, well, um, mm, uh, look, uh, he could have, could have died. We don't know what's happened to him. And just to remove a little bit of pressure from his mate, the Crown Prince, Mohammed the Butcher, Mr. Trump announces an extension of his of sanctions on the state of Iran. 
because they use child soldiers. I don't know where the evidence is. Some paramilitary group. Extraordinary. Just extraordinary. Now, I know that when Turkey held a United States pastor in prison for two years for so-called, you know, a political interference, all hell broke loose in the United States of America. They did everything they could to bring him back, and they brought him back. Good luck to him. But we have this situation. Man walks into a consulate, needs to get some paperwork done, gets killed in consulate, body's dismembered, put in official uh, consular bags which can't be uh, inspected by customs, taken back to Saudi Arabia and burnt. Wonderful, isn't it? See, these people who've run Saudi Arabia, these so-called 6,000 princes, who are now led by, not the king, but uh, Crown Prince Mohammed the Butcher, have always made it a habit of using terror to maintain order. And if you think IS was bad, all you've got to do is go to Saudi Arabia to see what life is really like in a country which implements strict Shahiria law, not because it's dictated by the Koran, but because it's one way, this feudal monarchy, which has been bankrolled and supported by the West for decades, can continue to exist in the Middle East. This is the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscar, I'm hosting today's program. Now let's get back and look at some important issues. Now there's a few dates I want you to remember. Um, again, we're keeping busy and we're keeping you busy because the end of the year may be coming but the end of activism has not arrived yet. Now we've got a few important dates uh, I'll just mention three of them and then I'll get into the most important uh, one coming up. On the 11th of November marks the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day. And on the 11th of November, anarchists and supporters will be joining people at Murchison Cemetery. At Murchison Cemetery, every internee and every prisoner of war, Italian prisoner of war and Italian internee that died in an Australian prison camp during World War II. Their bodies were exhumed in the 1950s and, they were, and they've all been individually uh, put into a crypt. Each body has its own individual coffin with its name on and uh, if they're military, you know, um, their rank... And about five years ago, we discovered that Francesco Fantine, an anarchist, who warned Australians for years, over two decades, about the dangers of fascism, because he was a refugee from Italian fascism, was interned, and if you love this, I love this, he was interned as a threat to the Australian war effort with hundreds of Italian fascists had been interned. 
It's a little bit like putting a mouse in the same cage as a, a dozen cats. Well, Francesco didn't last long. He was beaten to death with a 4B4. And the person who's killed him got the uh, prison sentence of a whole two years. And we thought his body had been lost and his memory's been lost. Francesco's has very... He didn't have any children, wasn't married. So there's very few people to honour his sacrifice. He paid the ultimate price for being an anarchist. Here in Australia, in, ni- in 1942 at Camp Love Day in South Australia... So for the last five years we've been going there at 9am and this year it'll fall on an armistice day on Sunday the 11th of uh, November. We wait for the uh, other ceremonies to be completed. We show our respect to all the dead. At the end of their ceremonies we hold a small ceremony, you know, a dozen or so of us who come for Francesco to remember him and remember his sacrifice. So you're welcome to join us. And I'll speak more about this as we get close to the date. 9am, Murchison Cemetery. Uh, commemoration finishes at about half past 11. Then we have a, a group lunch. So come along, join us, mark this important event, honour the man. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Now, the next thing I'd like to remind you about is the Reclaim the Radical Spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, which are, which my late wife, Ellen Jose, and I initiated in 2002, where we go to Ballarat and join people from Ballarat to celebrate the Eureka Rebellion. And if we don't celebrate it on Monday the 3rd of December, I can assure you very, very, very few people in the city of Ballarat Ballarat will celebrate that day. So join us, 4am at Eureka Park. Whole series of events, which we'll, I'll uh, expl- you know, go into in programs as we get closer to the date. And uh, we finish with a dinner at the Queen's Head Hotel. Mm, that's a good segue. The Queen's Head Hotel in Ballarat for the uh, annual Eureka dinner, and this year we've got the uh, uh, the foremost Eureka expert in this country, in my opinion, Dr. Anne Sunter Beggs, will be uh, giving the uh, talk. So I'll speak. So if you want a book, we can only feed about eighty in the um, pub. If you want a book, now's the time to think about it. You don't pay anything up front. If you book, we can reserve you a seat. You can either. Leave a message on 0439 395 489, 0439 395 489, or you can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com, or you can even write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. If we've got numbers before the 3rd of December, it gives us a good idea of, uh, of catering. So that's that's important. And then on the 9th of December, we have the last Rent Collective gathering for the West Papuan office. 
at 8.38 Collins Street in Docklands on Sunday the 9th of December and lunch is at 1pm. And at the, at the speaker at 2pm is Dr Gemina Amory Gale, a talented young woman who will be talking about endangered species in West Papua as the mining industry is given its, um, you know, given its head in West Papua by successive Indonesian governments. So that's all things that are planned. This is the Anarchist World this week. My name is Joseph Scarn. I've been hosting today's program. If you'd like to leave me a message, 0439-395-489, 0439-395-489. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville, 3052. You can go to my personal Facebook page, Joseph Toscano, or you can go for to Toscano for the public. Uh, if you want to catch up on what's been happening for the Peter Norman week, you can go to Peter Norman Commemoration Committee, Peter Norman Facebook page. You can go, uh, you can go to the Pipsy Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest. And if you want to join them, they're always looking for new members. You can actually download the application form for Public Interest Before Corporate Interest by going to pipsy.net. Pipsy.net. So there are lots of things happening. Whether you come along or not is up to you. But it's one way of breaking the boredom of everyday existence and, more importantly, creating a community which is actually able to support itself in these very difficult times where people with our ideas are being pushed into corners by people who are eroding, eroding the universal values that we have fought for for the last 50 or 60 years, eroding those values by taking over mainstream political parties. And the classical example is the Victorian Liberal Party. Classical example, the Victorian Liberal Party, taken over by religious fundamentalists. We saw in the Young Nationals, the ultra-right, attempt to take over the Young Nationals with some success, having one or two of its members elected to the Young Nationals executive. And we are seeing these hate groups enter mainstream political parties because they've understood that in a two-party system in Australia, it's almost impossible for anybody to gain any real traction in parliamentary elections. And the best way to influence political, social, cultural policies is to stack the Liberal National Party at the state and federal level with members of minuscule organisations whose reason for existence is to create hatred and division in our society. And unless these parties wake up to what is happening, the Liberal National Party, in my opinion, as a party, is basically finished. It's not the party of free enterprise anymore. It's not the party of individual liberty. It is the party of religious-based hacks, nuts, ultra-right apologists, racist, misogynists, 
and bigots. And I'm happy to debate anybody at any time in the Liberal National Party about what I have just said. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia by the Community Radio Network. Now to the main part of the program. Just in case you just think I'm a Liberal National Party basher, I'm not. It's time to look at our brothers and sisters in the so-called Labor Party, the ALP, the Alternative Liberal Party. Ten days in November. Public housing, everybody's business. Now, I noticed that the Minister for Housing and the sort of other things in the state of Victoria is coming under increasing pressure. And over the last 24 hours, he has used the P word. That's right. The man who is adamant that the way to provide affordable housing to the people of Victoria is through the community and social housing sector, privately owned organisations, which he would love to turn over the ownership and the titles of these public housing estates into private hands has been forced to take a back step. And for the first time in living memory, the Andrews-led Labor government is using the word public housing. And they've actually rehashed a little announcement they made a few, you know, about 12 months ago. Now, hold on to your seats, boys and girls. They are going to allocate a whole $200 million about what you used, you would use to remove one level crossing in Melbourne to build, build and own on state-owned land 1,000 one, two and three bedroom units which most likely will house up to 1,800 people. That's 1,800 people. And this program will be take about three years to complete. Okay? Kaping, a little drop in an ocean. Now, public housing, everybody's business, is an offshoot of defend and extend public housing to organisations which have been formed by public interest before corporate interests. And we did form a new offshoot about six months ago, public housing, everybody's business, for one very good reason. Because for far too long, in the state of Victoria and many other states across this country, public housing is earmarked only for people in dire emergencies, as we have seen with Minister Foley's current announcement. The man who is going to privatise public housing is now a champion of public housing just before the state election, just like he was four years ago. So why is it everybody's business? We see at public housing everybody's business and defend and extend public housing as public housing has a legitimate alternative to the state, to the private market. 
public housing, housing that is state-owned and state-run, can provide decent, secure, affordable, 25% of income, housing to tens of thousands, if not millions of Victorians. What we have today is a private housing market which is dominated by people who are there to make a buck from that market. It's not about providing safe, secure, stable, affordable housing to people. And the only way you're going to do this is by having a strong, vibrant public housing sector putting direct pressure on the private market. Just as we need in the banking sector, the financial sector, the energy sector, the transport sector, and the list goes on and on. Now you and I know the Victorian state election will be held on the 24th of November. Six weeks away. Maybe five. And nominations open on the 30th of October. And even if you listen to the Government Guild at ABC and the corporate-owned media, public housing doesn't exist. It's not an election issue. And Mr Foley's trying to fend it off as an election issue because there's many of us trying to push it as an election issue. And they're becoming a little bit concerned because their internal polling shows that their current housing policies are right on the nose. The people don't want to see the public housing sector transferred to the private sector, irrespective of whether it's for profit or not for profit. So what we are doing, public housing, everybody's business, is we are holding a 10-day vigil. (laughs) That's right. I'm going to take my annual holidays from the 14th of November to the 24th of November. And more important, and just as importantly, this program, Anarchist World This Week, will be heard live from the steps of the Victorian Parliament House on Wednesday the 14th of November (coughs) and Wednesday the 21st of November. This is a 10-day vigil where we will use our bodies in a peaceful, non-violent manner in an alcohol and drug-free environment to highlight the importance of public housing as part of the social part of the housing mix in the state of Victoria. I mean, this campaign currently is running in Victoria, but it can run anywhere else. <coughs> and our slogan is very easy. Even I can understand it, so it must be easy. You know how stupid I can be. If we use Victorian stamp duty revenue, that's $6 billion plus per year. And just in case you've never bought a house, and most likely most of the listeners of the Anarchist World this week have never had the luxury of buying a house, when you buy a house, you pay a significant tax to the government, the state government. It is called stamp duty. And it's about $6 billion a year the state government collects from stamp duty, a tax which is levied on you buying a house. Well, you and the bank buying a house. Now, if you quarantine stamp duty revenue for public housing, 
You can house one million Victorians in public housing within a decade by 2029. You don't even have to do a a massive building program. You can do it through spot purchasing, purchasing properties across Victoria to service the needs of people, working people, as well as people who are on fixed incomes, old people, young people, homeless people, people, you know, fleeing from domestic violence. But it becomes a part of the housing mix that you can live in secure, safe public housing, rent capped at 25% of your income for the rest of your life. And that's what it's about. It's about being able to form roots. And not in, it doesn't have to be in huge housing estates. You can do it through spot purchasing or building little communities. It's simple. It doesn't take a genius. That's why I'm talking about it. It doesn't take a genius. Why not use stamp duty revenue for public housing? House one million Victorians in public housing by 2029. Remove the waiting list in one year. 100,000 people. Bang. End of the waiting list. One year. Let's not have this piecemeal approach that Mr... Foley is offering us in an attempt to divert the pressure that has been placed on the Andrews-led Labor government just before the state election regarding them radically altering their public housing policies. We've seen the first chink in their armour. They know they are under pressure. And you are part of that pressure. Not by listening to this program. Not by writing to them not by telephoning them, not by emailing them, which I'm sure you do all those things, but come and join us from midday Wednesday the 14th of November to midnight Saturday the 24th of November. Let's have a group there on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House which grows bigger and bigger every day as we gain momentum to put public housing on the political agenda for the Victorian state election on the 24th of November. Let's make sure that Mr Foley gets his fact rights. The architect of the Public Housing Renewal Program, the architect of providing a billion-dollar guarantee to private organisations to raise money, to lend, have money lent to them to build social and affordable housing. The architect of allowing the public housing sector to be run down so that then they can, you know, walk in and say, well, we need to redevelop these things and these estates and we need to give 10% to you and 90% to the to the uh, private sector. The pressure is there. The pressure is beginning. I'd like to remind you the next rally for public housing everybody's business is on midday the 24th of October in one week's time, midday the 24th of October. Well, I need you. We need you. Victorians need you. Australians need you on the steps of the Victorian Parliament House. So get into training. See how how homeless people really have to live day in and day out, week in and week out, not knowing what the future is. See how 
tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of Victorians feel, even millions of Victorians feel every week as the rent comes due, the mortgage needs to be paid and there isn't enough money for anything else. See how people feel on fixed incomes who see costs, especially government charges, rise through the roofs while they have to somehow survive on a fixed income, especially if you're on a new start allowance. So I implore you, and I normally don't implore or beg or beseech, but this time I'm imploring and begging and beseeching you, come along, spend an hour, spend a day, spend ten days. Bring some food, bring a musical instrument, come along. We've got a uh, YouTube channel. Come along, film, put it on the YouTube channel. Show people what we're doing. Let's make public housing the major issue at this state election. Let's forget about the bodgy law and order campaign, which has got nothing to do with law and order and everything to do with the political fortunes of the Liberal National Party. Let's forget about, you know, this madness, this frenzy of infrastructure building when we don't need to do it so quickly. It can slow down and we can actually house people and ensure they've got a safe, secure, stable future. But they're not going to do it for you. You are going to force them to do it. The media's not going to do it for you. The corporate-owned media's not going to do it for you. The government guild at ABC's not going to do it for you. They'll be down there if, we, if we're big enough, you know, trying to find, you know, oh, the drug dens, what's happening, blah, blah, blah. So let's... We are disciplined, annoyed, not angry, annoyed people who know what we want. We want the Victorian stamp duty revenue, $6 billion per year, to be quarantined for public housing. We want to house 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. And we know how to fund it, and we know how to do it, and it's time we applied extra pressure on both the National Liberal Party and the ALP in the Victorian state election, extra pressure for them to take up this policy. We can already see a chink in their armour. Mr Foley gets up and says, Oh, ooh, ooh, I'm being hurt. I'm being hurt. I may even have a problem in a safe Labor seat, which the ALP has held since the 1950s, a little bit like Northcote, which they'd held for almost 100 years before uh, the Greens uh, candidate Lilia Thorpe won that seat at a by-election. And if enough Greens win enough in the city seats, who knows? We may even have a hung parliament. And the ALP and the Liberal National Party will be forced to put public housing first and foremost on their agenda. This is the se- most serious issue, housing affordability. So what happens if you've got a strong public housing sector? People don't need to rent privately, especially at the lower end of the markets. Rents will drop. More people will be able to be involved in private rental. When rents drop, investors will flee the market. Flee. Housing prices at the lower end of the market will drop. I don't care what they do at the upper end of the market. Good luck to them. But the lower end of the market, they will drop. So it is everybody's business. It is everybody's business because it improves 
the lives of the great majority of Victorians by having safe, secure public housing. It also helps to address the so-called law and order issue. Because having some a roof over your head, which you know is yours, is fundamental to creating a safe, secure society. Now, this is not radical stuff. This is not revolutionary stuff. You don't need a PhD. This is simple, straightforward, easy, logical stuff that can be implemented tomorrow by a vote in the Legislative Assembly and the Legislative Council. Those people you're going to elect on the 24th of November in the State of Victoria, those 88 members of the House of Assembly and those 40 members of the Legislative Council can bring this policy alive now. Well, after the election. Now, on a more personal note, I am annoyed. I'm annoyed by Mr Foley, Victorian Housing Minister, who is once again trying to confuse people about the ALP's real housing policies in Victoria by using the pub P word. Now, this man needs to be challenged in his own electorate, and I'm the person to do it. I would like to challenge him. I've been thinking about it for the last few weeks, lukewarm, but now I am convinced that we are having an impact. And I would like to stand against this man on this platform using Victorian stamp duty revenue, $6 billion per year for public housing, house 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. Make it a matter of choice, not want, choice, having the ability, if you can't purchase that you can live in public housing. Many European countries do it, where 50 to 60% of the housing stock belongs to the government of the day and people rent for generations. So, if you live in the Albert Park electorate, which takes, I think, takes West St Kilda, Albert Park, Middle Park, Docklands, uh, I'm getting confused here, Docklands, Middle Park, Albert Park. If you live in the Albert Park electorate, I am keen to be nominated. So I need your support. If you know somebody who lives in the Albert Park electorate, if you know somebody who lives in the Albert Park electorate, or, uh, you know, Albert Park, Middle Park, St Kilda West, Docklands, all part of the Albert Park part electorate, all part of it. If you know somebody you think would like to nominate a candidate like this, take up this fight directly up to Martin Foley to keep him honest, well, give me a ring. 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. We haven't got much time. I need my ducks in order in a straight line by the 30th of October. Not much time at all. I need to uh, organise those people who are willing to nominate me before then so that when nominations open, I can uh, drop around to your place, get you to fill out the nomination form, and hey, presto, you'll have somebody running against Martin Foley on a public housing platform. It's enough to give him nightmares 
and me sweet dreams and you happy dreams. So if you can help, you can go email me at uh, pipsy, P-I-B-C-I dot net, or you can email me at anarchistage at yahoo.com, or you can leave a private message on my Facebook page, Toscano for the Public, or you can leave a private message on my other Facebook page, Joseph Toscano. I mean, I'm ready and willing. I need people to nominate me from the Albert Park electorate. Uh, the ball's in your court now. I've got a few meetings organised. A few people have indicated some some interest. So let's leave it up to you. But let's not forget, we're going to use direct action plus, parliament, plus electoral politics to widen the chink in the armour of the alternative Liberal Party as far as public housing is concerned. They're beginning to cave in. We saw that announcement in the last 24 hours. We can, in, we can actually win this one. Use Victorian stamp duty revenue, $6 billion per year for public housing. House 1 million Victorians in public housing by 2029. You've been listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia via the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. You can leave messages on 0439 395 489. You can write to me at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can leave messages on the personal Facebook page, Toscano for the public, private messages. It's in your court. Let's hear from you. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. The program is podcast. You'll be able to access the podcast within the next 24 hours. Remember, you can stay at home and complain all you like. And only the cat and the dog will listen. You can get out in the street. You can become active. You can get involved in this 10-day vigil from the 14th of November to the 24th of November and the whole world will be watching and listening. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. If you can help me run in Albert Park, you live in the area, you're on the electoral roll, give us a call. Let's give Mr Folia. A run, direct action on the steps of Parliament House and somebody running against him. He knows his uh, facts when it comes to public housing, unlike the current housing minister. Thank you once again for listening to The Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. That's 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Thank you to the Community Radio Network for broadcasting the Anarchist World this week across Australia via the Community Radio Network. Listen in to the Anarchist World this week on your local community radio station across Australia, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Evil minds that plot destruction construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh!